draw our minds, uh, Lord, this evening to the sacrifice that you made. We draw our minds to the love that drove you to the cross, Lord. And in a quiet and humble way, we just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys, uh, you guys can have a seat for a second. So, just want to say welcome, first of all, to the Good Friday service. Um, tonight's going to be really simple. There's not going to be um, a ton that you have to do, not a ton of expected of you, other than to just come and be in the presence of God this evening. Be in the presence of, of a couple hundred other people who Christ died for. To, to allow our minds to be drawn to the sacrifice of Jesus. We're gonna participate in um, an ancient thing. And it it's, it's, transcends all generations. Everyone has been doing it. It's called uh, the Stations of the Cross. Maybe you grew up in a tradition that did the Stations of the Cross like I did every Friday during Lent. These stations are meant to represent the, the, the literal path that Jesus walked, the night of Jesus' passion, the night he was betrayed. We're gonna move through uh, mainly Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 27 and 28. And there's meant to feel a little bit of um, like dissonance tonight. When we end, we're not gonna end with the resurrection of Jesus tonight. We're gonna end with the, the burial of Jesus. And what I want as we craft this, what I want is for your heart to be longing for resurrection. I want you to put your, yourself in the shoes of the people who watched the stone get rolled in front of Jesus' tomb. And I want you to just hunger and thirst for the resurrection of Christ. And I wanna be the first person to tell you that that resurrection is a real, tangible thing. It's for you today. That Christ rose from the dead a couple thousand years ago, but he can rise for you. He can call things out of death in your heart today. Relationships, expectations, he can call them back to life. And so wherever you're at tonight, we're not calling you to be anywhere else. We're just saying you can be right here. And as we move through the scriptures, um, you can stand, you can sit. There'll be a chunk of scripture and a chunk of music back and forth, back and forth. And we're gonna end tonight with uh, holy, holy, holy. And after that chorus is done, that verse is done, we just ask that you're mindful. And uh, if you need to have conversations with people around you, then you move out into the hallway. If you need to just spend some time in the, in the quiet place, then you just can stay right in here after that. There might be some times also where the music is just going and there aren't lyrics on the screen. And we want to encourage you to uh, say something to God that's genuine and authentic from your own heart. I think a lot of times we think that we need to regurgitate everything that's on the screen, and it's not true. You have a song, you have a prayer. And so if the band is playing something and there's no words, don't disengage. The easy thing to do is disengage. The hard thing to do is ramp up your engagement. And I encourage you to do that tonight. And again, you can stand, you can sit. It's not about that. It's about this collective experience of Christ is here with us tonight. And so... You can open your Bibles. The scripture will also be on the screen. And we're going to start uh, with Steve. This is uh, station one. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. 
And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful, troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going just a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not what I will, but as you will. And then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into, the, into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. If you have said so, Jesus replied, but to you, but I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now why you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered.
Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know who you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow, he was with, the Jesus, with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who was called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. 
What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead of an uproar was, an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Oh, sing for you alone and rescue this life. Jesus, you said, Nothing but the blood 
As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon of Cyrene, who is on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed them, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the womb that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. 
Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. From noon until about three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. But about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Ali, Ali, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who'd been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happened so that scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely, this is the Son of God. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. just want to give you guys some time to, um, maybe you're here with your family, maybe you're here with a friend. Just turn to that person and, and ask a question to each other. Just pray with each other. When I hear the centurion, this Roman soldier, looking up at Jesus, he says, surely this is the Son of God. I'm asking myself that same question. I want to be able to say that today. I want to be able to look at him and say, Surely this is the Son of God. 
I don't want all the ramifications of that statement to be a reality in my life. And so, rather than just rushing on to a couple more songs in the next station, I want to ask you, have you, have you said today, have you looked at Christ today? And you have, have you said, this is the Son of God? And has your life felt the ripples of that statement? Maybe you do that uh, this evening. So Dan's going to play. We're just going to create a little space here for you guys to just bow your heads. And to, the psalmist says, you know me. You know my going in, you know my coming out, you know my laying down, you know my getting up. There's nothing, there's nowhere I can go to hide from your presence. And he ends that, that really famous Psalm 139 by saying, so search me, God. Know all my anxious thoughts. Reveal to me if there's any false way in me. And lead me in, in your path everlasting. Those are fitting words maybe for tonight too. Let's just take a second.
one last station. You guys can stay standing for this last station. Now, there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Yeah. 